Hello, I'm Jonathan Smith. I'm the lead pastor at One Church TO, and you're listening to the teaching time from our weekend gathering. We're an imperfect community of over 70 nationalities and five generations who are attempting to follow and shine Jesus in the greater Toronto area. Our vision, it's so simple. We want to help people from all walks of life know God, love people, and in turn, impact our city for good. We've designed these weekends to be meaningful, challenging, and encouraging, and I hope that's what you get from listening. How to be good when you're not good at being good. Last week, we began this brutal faith series and understood that Peter was not only, <laughs> he was not only not good at being good, he'd sort of given up on trying to be good at being good. Reminded me of uh, the story of, uh, <laughs> this mom was exasperated with her, her kids. They just weren't being good. Finally, one of, the, one of the boys just was bad again. And she said, why can't you be good? And he said, give me a toonie and I'll be good. <laughs> she said, why can't you be good for nothing like your father? You know, just... Well, Peter just didn't consider himself very high on the goodness graph. He saw himself at the low end. And yet we saw last week when we began this Brutal Faith series that uh, we, we didn't just look how Peter began. <laughs> All the failings and uh, getting his merds wixed up and uh, just stumbling along following Jesus. But remember he said, Jesus, I, I go away from me. I, I'll never be a good enough a follower of you to be one of your disciples. So, so just go on ahead without me. Leave me out of your, your movement. Leave me out of uh, being one of your disciples, a follower of you. But we also saw that the level of goodness Peter had at the beginning, wow, when you look 30 years later, when he writes to us, uh, the same Peter who did nonstop failings for the first years of following Jesus wrote this, he, do, he who does these things will never fail. <laughs> I mean, nonstop failing Peter, and you will never fail, Peter, they don't belong in the same sentence, right? But time went by. The Spirit of Jesus worked in Peter's life, and, and he changed and he grew over time. And he lists eight character traits that he says you'll keep adding to your life as a follower of Jesus. He said, add to your faith goodness, add to your goodness knowledge, add to your knowledge self-control, add to your self-control perseverance, add to your perseverance godliness, add to your godliness kindness, and add to your kindness love. Now, anytime I've heard a teaching on these eight characteristics that Peter, as a seasoned follower of Jesus now, changed by not just following Jesus in the three years of apprenticeship, but all those years where the Holy Spirit led and guided him into truth, uh, all of those years, I've always heard it sort of like put this way. Now, start working on your faith. And when you get your faith good enough, at a high enough level, then work on goodness. Now listen, entire Bible studies have been written that way. And, and good material, good content, it's not like heresy, there's nothing wrong with it. 
But I've always wondered, like, okay, so I wait until I get my faith up to a certain high level, and then, and only then, do I start working on goodness. It sort of infers that, you know? Make sure you got your faith down before you move on to goodness now. Can you imagine, you know, someone saying, boy, I saw that, you know... um, Love army, unignorable acts of goodness. And now here I was, I was going to do an act of goodness this week, but now I'm not going to because I realize I have to go back and get my faith worked on. Get it up to a certain level. That would be like saying to a newborn baby, okay, first, little bambino, let's start working on growing your arms. And when your arms get to be fully grown and mature, then we'll go and we'll work on your legs. <laughs> is that what Peter is saying here? Peter isn't saying that. Matter of fact, he goes on right in that context, in that same chapter, he says, if you possess these qualities, and say it with me, continue to grow in them. You have them, but then you continue to grow in them. The growth happens concurrently. You keep growing in them all. And so I I just felt like I had this amazing discovery as I was studying this. And and I thought of my own personal uh, journey with Jesus. And it's so true. Watch this. As you add to your goodness, your faith will grow stronger. As you add to your knowledge, your goodness will get gooder. Well, it'll get better. Self-control, you add to it, and your knowledge will grow. You add to your perseverance, and your self-control will increase. It, it, just, it just, they grow together. Uh, I, I lived beside the ocean in Nova Scotia for, uh, well, until I went to college, all my teen years, seven, eight, nine years, and uh, I remember hearing this expression, a rising tide raises all boats. A rising tide raises all boats. You know, so I thought, you know, imagine me going out, looking out the window in Herring Cove, lived right next to the ocean, and see some of those Cape Island boats, you know, the tide comes in, and some of them going up, and some of them staying down. No, a rising tide raises all boats. You, you can't grow in one of these areas without adding strength to the other. It's just amazing how this works. So I'm so excited about how uh, you and I can have the potential to really grow in so many of these areas. We're all weaker and stronger in different ones. We may have a a favorite one that we are saying, well, I I do not too bad in that, and others that we are, are, are not as strong in. But I'm excited how you and I have so much potential that when we grow in one area, do you see this? What's gonna happen to the other areas? They're going to get stronger. They're going to grow. So today, we're going to see that when we add to our goodness, our faith grows. When we add to our goodness, our faith grows. Pastor Jonathan's going to take us the next step. Next week, we add to our knowledge, then our goodness grows. Well, just think about it. You get to know certain things about Jesus, and you want to be gooder, right? It just makes sense. But today, let's see how when we add to our goodness, our faith grows. Grows. How many in this room can be gooder than you already are? <laughs> How many online? Yeah, you can just, you know, go in the chat room and say whatever you want right now, right? 
But how many, I mean, listen, someone said the largest room in the world is the room for improvement, right? And, and we're, we're all there. So listen, how to become good when you're not good at it. And at the end of the teaching, whether you're online or in this room here in Toronto, every one of us that's not good at being good can at least be a little gooder at it. And everyone in this room or online that's already doing good can even be gooder at being good. Okay? If you're taking ESL, don't say that to your teacher, all right? All right, start, here's where we can all learn. Start with becoming a better goodness recognizer. That's where it all starts. And every one of us can do that. Every one of us can do better at seeing goodness. Uh, there, there's two ways that people see other people. <laughs> How many, some see the best, some see the worst in people, you know? There's two, two ways of seeing circumstances, right? To see the wrong, if you have a bad case of that condition, you know, you just see the negative. The Blue Jays are going to lose. Be positive. Okay, I'm positive they're going to lose. You know what I mean? Some people just see the wrong and everything. All right. See, <laughs> see goodness. See the best in people and stuff every day. All right? Peter started out uh, as a major negativity recognizer. He was a wrong recognizer. You know, it wasn't just when he first met Jesus. He said, don't go away. I, I just mess up. He didn't see good in himself. But remember, remember how uh, in that same encounter with Jesus, if you read it in the Gospels, it's there, it's there in your Bible. Just check it out. He confesses he's not good enough to be a follower of Jesus. He messes up too much. But right just before that, he and his partners had been fishing all night without any success, and they're cleaning the nets on the shore of the Sea of Galilee while Jesus is teaching their crowd. And when Jesus is finished speaking, when he said to Simon, put out into deep water and let down the nets for a catch. Simon answered, Master, we worked all night and haven't caught anything. <laughs> I, that's me. I put that in there, right? I always wonder how long he paused before he said the next part of the sentence. Look at it, we worked all night, we haven't caught it. But because you say so, and because this entire crowd is watching me right now, <laughs> we, we let down the nets for a catch. And of course, the, there's an abundant catch, and, and that's where he comes and he says, Jesus, stay away from me, I mess up too much. It, re, you know, it reminds me of... Um, uh, you know, some people, they just see negativity in, in everything, you know? It's never, they never change themselves. <laughs> it's like the person that went to the pastor at the end of the teaching said, Pastor, Pastor Jonathan, that was a great message. Every point you made applied to someone that I know. <laughs> Where did Peter get that negativity from? Well, remember, he didn't think that much of himself. He didn't see that much good in himself. Stay away from me, Jesus. I am a sinful man. See, how we see ourselves determines how we see other people. Jesus said, love your neighbor as? If you don't love yourself, then you don't have what it takes to love your neighbor. You say, Pastor Keith, that sounds so selfish and self-centered. No, but it's not that. This is not a prideful, self-centered love of self. This is not selfishness. It's knowing you are loved by God, that you have been put on this planet for a reason, 
and that God values you so much that he gave his life for you, wow, I, I can like a person like that. I got a long way to go, but I can love someone that Jesus values that much. And if you don't have that kind of healthy view of your own worth, you won't have a healthy view of others. That's why insecure people, what do they do? They tear other people down to make themselves look not that bad. It's when we're secure in the love that God has for us that we're secure enough to love others the way that he loves us. Peter did not love Peter when he first met Jesus. And he didn't change quickly. <laughs> I don't know how patient you are with your spiritual growth, but Peter, after three years of daily walking with Jesus, learning how Jesus lived, and then it took 30 years of the Spirit just reminding him of what Jesus said and dealing with people and the Spirit teaching him and empowering him. And, and in his last letter, you know, you just watch, it's such a different Peter. You know, in the same one that we get that list from, the same first chapter, he introduces himself as apostle and servant of Jesus Christ. And then he says, to those who through Jesus Christ have received a precious faith, grace and peace be yours in abundance through the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord. His divine power has given us everything we need for a godly life. He called us by his own glory and look at this word goodness, his goodness. He has given us great and precious promises for if you do these things you will never stumble and you will receive a rich welcome into the eternal kingdom of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ and all who are thankful that the blessings of Jesus this Thanksgiving weekend in Canada cover our past present and right into our future with Jesus forever say thank you Jesus thank you Jesus I mean, he's just spilling out. These are just the first few verses before he gets into that list of, you know, do the math, add this, add this to your faith, add goodness to your faith. Peter learned firsthand. What's happened to Peter? He's learned firsthand that Jesus is a safe place to go for people who are not good at doing goodness. Jesus helped him add goodness goodness to whatever faith that he had. How many know Jesus Christ is the same today? He wants to do that for you today. I don't know who's let you down, who you've learned to distrust in terms of an authority figure in your life, but I want you to know this. Jesus will never hurt you. He never will, he never will betray you. He'll never play mind games with you. He will never send you mixed messages He'll never put you in a place where you have to wonder if you're really loved. <laughs> Jesus loves us perfectly because Jesus is perfectly good. You can trust his goodness. Jesus is the person that you can receive goodness from that you never got from anywhere else in your entire life. You can receive goodness. And that's what Peter did, he received goodness. See, every one of us has what it takes in Jesus to add goodness to our faith. And when we do, we become better and better at goodness recognizing. How many, you could leave here today, you could leave this teaching, if you're gathering with us online, you could leave this teaching and say, you know, I can be a better goodness recognizer. <laughs> it reminded me of a story. Do you know there are two kinds of birds in the desert, 
They actually thrive in the desert. One is a songbird. It just goes around looking for the sweet nectar that it finds in the desert flowers. The second kind of bird that thrives in the desert is a vulture. <laughs> it goes around looking for whatever's rotten and dead or dying. Each finds what they're looking for. Okay, I'll say the next line then. There are two kinds of followers of Jesus. Do I need to go further? No, okay, thank you. Level, all right, we, we, we can become better at being a goodness recognizer. Then we become a better goodness responder. Uh, now, there are two levels of goodness that we can respond to. The first one, I think we all get. Uh, today is Thanksgiving Sunday in Canada. We're focused on thanking the Lord for his blessings. Man, how many as a Canadian have just been thinking in a world filled with so many senseless, tragic wars, food shortages, and weather disasters, and political instability, how many are thankful for the blessings that we have living in this great nation of Canada? Amen. And Peter's already told us, look, as a follower of Jesus in Canada, he says you have grace and peace and knowledge, his divine power, his own goodness, and a rich welcome into the eternal kingdom in the future. How many know we are blessed in this room? We are blessed in this gathering online. We are so blessed. But that's level one. Any one of us can just sort of open our eyes a bit, think a little bit, and recognize goodness. What about when we can't see the goodness? <laughs> we can't see the blessings. We're facing tough times. We're going through delays and disappointments and confusion and heartbreak. What about those times? That's when we need to move to second level goodness responding. Second level goodness responding. Here's how Hebrews says it. It says, faith shows the reality of what we hope for. It is the evidence of, say it with me, of things we cannot see. We, we can see the goodness of God living in this land as a Canada, a Canada. We know the blessings we have as a follower of Jesus Christ, but sometimes we cannot see the good that is happening in our lives. And so this, this is level two. Respond, it's responding not to the good we see, it's responding to the goodness of God. There it is, responding to the goodness of God. Trusting God's goodness before we see good. Doesn't come easy, doesn't come natural. That's why Peter says it this, he says, make every effort, make every effort to add to your faith. You've got to make effort here. It's not a matter you just sit there, oh, here comes the goodness. Yes! Now I got that to add to my faith. No, no. Some people only follow Jesus when they see goodness. I know what God's doing there. I'll follow that. But as soon as faith costs them something, I'm out of here. I love the way Pastor Timothy Keller put it. He says, if you say, I believe in God, I trusted God, and he didn't come through, then you only trusted God to meet your agenda. 
our faith doesn't really grow when you think about it when times are easy, right? It grows most when times are tough and you have to exercise that muscle of faith and see it grow. When someone you love hurts you, or you got this circumstances happening in your life saying, why in the world did that happen? I was trying to do good and then this happened. Or the medical reports aren't good. Or the kids let you down. Or you're just, you're just having one day after the other where you're feeling down. To praise God in those conditions requires a sacrifice. It requires a sacrifice. It's a decision you make. It's going to cost you. Do you remember the Apostle Paul talked about? Do you, remember the, do you remember the phrase in Scripture? He says, offer to the Lord the sacrifice of the fruit of our lips giving. And so sometimes giving thanks and praise, it costs you. That's what he's saying. So when we offer to the Lord a sacrifice of praise, we're choosing to believe that even though life is not going the way we think it should, God is still good at all the time. And so therefore he can be trusted. See, but, it, but watch this now. This is important because I know some people, oh, I just trust in the Lord. Oh, no, it's not a blind faith. It's based on actual historical evidence. It's based on the fact that Jesus sacrificed his life on the cross for us outside the walls of Jerusalem, Israel, 2,000 years ago. It's based on something that happened in human history. God intervened, not because he felt sorry for us, but because he loved us and gave his son. And listen, a God who will not hold back on giving us his very best, his own son, how many know you can trust him with every other area of your life? If he'll give you his best, you can trust him with everything else in your life. What happens when we trust God when we don't see it or feel it? What happens when we offer to God the sacrifice of praise? Do you know what happens? <laughs> when we respond to the goodness of God, it activates something in our faith realm. It really does add to our faith. Last week, my wife and I were on a friend's boat on Georgian Bay, and he let me drive the boat. But I, almost, I never saw that picture yet. <laughs> I almost look proud of driving that boat. But anyway, rebuke you, pride. Anyway, he's with a beautiful woman. We're out there on Georgian Bay just a few days ago. Now, I, I look back at the motor because I was sitting back at the back most of the time. Look at that. There's the motor that's moving us along. And I thought if that, because I've seen them, if that motor's propeller was in the air, be going just as fast. You could burn the motor out, but you could get it going pretty fast. Where would the boat be going? No, no, watch this. It's designed so that it only moves the boat forward when it meets the resistance of the water. Sacrifice of praise is like that. You're going through some brutal stuff in your life, some disappointments and confusing times. And you just go ahead and say, I'm going to praise the Lord. How many know when, when your praise meets that kind of resistance, it starts to move you forward into a place, I think we got a place of beauty here. <laughs> that, that, that. You cannot get to beauty without the brutal. That's why this series is called Brutal Faith. 
I've experienced that so many times in my life. I said, Lord, I do not know what's happening. I do not like what's happening. And I cannot see what you're doing right now. Man, I don't want to. (laughs) But I praise you because I know that even though I can't see the good, I know that you are good. And I respond to his goodness. And you know what happens? Come on, you've been there if you've been a follower of Jesus. You just go ahead and praise him even when you can't see the good. What happens, something happens deep in your faith department, right? (laughs) Your faith rises, you know. So have you ever had one of those times where, man, I got this peace. I shouldn't have this peace in this job loss or what the kids are doing or what my medical report. And yet I had this loss of life of someone I cared about. I've got this peace. What in the world is that about? And Paul would rush in and say, that's the peace that passes all. You can't understand it, but it's real. See, that's how you get there. You get to level to faith. Our faith doesn't grow much in easy times. It needs that resistance when you praise God. Some people say, oh yeah, all things work together for good. That's a favorite quote. But notice, Romans 8.28 doesn't say that all things are good. Right? So the, oh, all things are good. No, no. All things work together for good. Even the bad things that happen in your life. You know, the Holocaust survivor, Corey Ten Boone, used to speak to World War uh, II audiences, uh, those that have been through that tragic time. And, and she talked about trusting God through the concentration camps, the death of her sister. And she would often illustrate at the end of her presentation by holding up um, a piece of embroidery. At first, she'd show them the pretty side. <laughs> she'd hold up the, uh, the beauty, beautiful embroidered side where the threads obviously worked together to form this beautiful picture. Then she'd flip it over to show the tangled, confusing, messy underside. Listen to me, all necessary to create the beauty, Right? That's what it's like for those that trust the Lord through disappointments and confusion and tangled messes in their lives. How many know we have a God that brings beauty even out of ashes? He does. There's no getting to the beauty, though, without trusting God's goodness through the brutal. At the end of our teaching today, there's an opportunity for you to just bring whatever you're going through and just say, Lord, I'm going res- to respond, not to just good. I'm going to respond to your goodness. You're going to do level two goodness responding today. All right, so start with becoming a better goodness recognizer. You see goodness, and then you become a better goodness responder, and you know what'll happen? You'll become a goodness regulator. You'll take that goodness, and you'll set that goodness in the lives of others, in those that you do life with, Do you know that every one of us online and in this room, every one of us are either a thermometer or a thermostat? Have you changed yours yet? You take a thermometer in a room and it will soon adjust to whatever temperature is already in that room, right? It changes to reflect what is already there, whereas a thermostat sets the temperature in the room. It moves the temperature in the room to a better place. When Jesus was arrested and 
Peter stood outside and saw Jesus flogged and started to worry that they're going to crucify him. And I'm afraid the same thing is going to happen to me. When he was asked if he was a follower of Jesus, he denied even knowing Jesus. Was he a thermometer or a thermostat? He, he adjusted to the fear conditions. He was a thermometer. And it wasn't the only time. It wasn't like, okay, I got it now. Jesus is raised from the dead. Now I'm baptized with the Spirit. Now I, I get everything right. I, I do good all the time. No, um, it's in the book of Acts. Peter's been following Jesus for a long time. He's had great experiences with people from all different cultural backgrounds and religious backgrounds, and he knows better, but he's in a group of people that felt so strongly that the Gentiles, the non-Jews, should follow the Jewish regulations. And guess what? Peter adjusts his temperature to them. He becomes a thermometer instead of a thermostat. You know, we can do that. How many have walked into a room and everybody's being critical about or that? <laughs> Could be anything. And you just adjust. Or you go onto a website. Wow, look at that. And you're only hearing one side of it, but you do a deep dive and, you know. Listen, critical people quickly adjust to a lower temperature, Right? They just, just freeze other people out. It's like this church that got a new pastor. And the first Sunday with the new congregation, the pastor went out into the lobby and he was meeting people and they were encouraging him in their comments until this one old guy came up to him and said, your message was too long. It wasn't deep enough. Your humor wasn't appreciated. Not enough stories. And a deacon came up quickly. He said, oh, no, no, don't worry, pastor. Don't listen to that guy. He just repeats what he hears everybody else say. <laughs> that guy's a thermometer. <laughs> Third years of following Jesus, trusting what Jesus said, <laughs> messing up again, even as a mature, semi-mature follower of Jesus when he should have known better. But he gets to a place where it's one of his, it's probably his last writings, the last letter we have recorded from Peter. And he says, grace, peace, knowledge, his divine power, his own goodness, and a rich welcome into the eternal kingdom. He just, he just bringing goodness. He's setting the, the temperature. He, Peter's being a, a thermostat there. He's raising the temperature in the room to a better place. How many, I've said this before, but how many have found that some people bring, uh, bring goodness wherever they go? Right? They just bring goodness wherever they go. How many uh, know some people that bring goodness whenever they go? A goodness regulator just raises the level of goodness and faith and care. And Pastor John, this church is full of them. Full of them. Commitment. Wherever they go, they just, they just make somebody's life better than when they first showed up. Pastor Jonathan and Shelley have uh, on the door of their home, as you head out the door, I remember when I did the young adults Bible study over there, and it says, what good can I do today? It says, as you're walking through, what good can I do today? How can I be a goodness regulator? How can I be a, a thermostat today? And don't forget what's going to happen in your life this week. As you add goodness, what's going to grow? As you add goodness to your life, your 
faith is going to grow. And don't miss next week's teaching because Pastor Jonathan is going to help us understand that as, as your goodness grows, your faith grows, but as your knowledge grows, your goodness grows. You learn how good God is and how many know it results in you being, can I say it? Gooder. <laughs> okay. Uh, this is Thanksgiving weekend in Canada. I don't know when it is when you're walking, but you know, it's thanks living is what we're talking about here. Let, let's pray. Let's pray. How many in the room can say, Jesus, I want to be better as a, as a recognizer of goodness. I want to be recognizing goodness. Lord, help everyone online and in this room Help us see ourselves as loved. See ourselves as you see us. You love us. You gave your life for us. Help us to find our security in you, Lord. You are so good to us. We recognize your goodness in our life. We thank you. Of all people, <laughs> we have reason to, to see goodness. Because even when things are so negative in the world, we have you, Lord, and you are all good. You are all good. We, we recognize your goodness today. But Lord, some online and in this room are, are going through a tough, confusing, messy, disappointing time. And for some of them, it just keeps going on and on. Lord, help every one of us to be a, a better goodness responder. When we can't see the good, help us to see your goodness. Help us to respond to your goodness. Help us to trust you to bring good out of ever whatever we're trusting you with right now, Lord. We trust you with it, Lord. And Lord, help every one of us to be better at bringing goodness to others, to be that goodness regulator, that, that, that thermostat, be that person in the room who raises the level of faith in you, who brings goodness wherever they go. And as we bring good to others, thank you that our own faith is going to grow. And Jesus, we do all this because we love you, because you first loved us, and we love you right back. What would we ever do, Jesus, without you? <laughs> Not just on the cross and what you did for them, but what would we ever do without you in our lives these days? What a privilege to know you, Lord. We thank you. We leave here. We leave this gathering responding to your goodness. And everyone who wants to do that, say together with me a good amen. Amen, Lord. Amen. Thanks for listening. If you found this helpful, we hope you join us at one of our campuses if you're in the GTA for a weekend gathering. If you're listening from somewhere else in the world, we'd encourage you to join us at onechurch.to slash live. We believe everyone can be a part of what Jesus is doing both in our community and in our city. So if you'd like to connect with us at a deeper level, visit us at onechurch.to slash next steps. See you next time.